I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Old Podcast. With us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or Spreaker, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sevis, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Bo Sevis, here we go. Go a day late, but not a dollar short, as we are five and one on the week and working on a Woo! six and one as we speak. So hopefully that goes out uh, smoothly, and we can just coast into this weekend and just stack all the wins. But as we approach the new year, I am reminded of last year's new uh, New Year's resolutions that I made, and they were good health. More money and less whores. To which I say two out of three ain't bad. And unless you're new to the FGH experience, you already know which one I failed on. So what's up, sweet little whores? Daddy Longhorn loves you. And I look forward to 2024 and all of our two to five day relationships filled with lust, alcohol, and instantaneous regret. Now. Whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious, hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. It is our New Year's episode today, so I'm drinking a Solstice lager from Stella Artois Brewery in Belgium. She sounds hot. Mm-hmm. Two out of five stars, not a great year, but on this New Year's, it does remind me of why we celebrate New Year's, which is the winter solstice, and that, of course, is the darkest night of the year, and it makes for the cleanest moon, which is why we carry on the pagan tradition of New Year's resolutions, 
It's a fresh start, buddy. And I got to tell you, my New Year's resolution this year is to marry off all my daughters to rich, successful, respectful, and good-looking men. Oh, wait. I don't have any daughters, so fucking check mark on number one. Nailed it. And resolution number two, to make sure I never have any daughters, I resolve to stop swimming with bow-legged women, baby. <laughs> if you did have a bunch of daughters, I mean, how? what are your thoughts on, um, you know, like sister wives, and you can just have, let me have them all? Is that a... Would that have been an option? Because I, I think I fit your criteria of, I think, I think it was incredibly good looking, ridiculously successful. I don't know. I, I lost track. I was, I was too busy thinking about all the, all the uh, Bocephus daughters I get to bang. <laughs> all right, boys and girls. With that, we're going to get to the podcast. We're going over every, and I do mean every game, in the NFL in the air tonight. We're going to get you paid with those free picks, of course. But right now, we have to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by TittyWhiskers.com. Hello, ladies. Have you ever been embarrassed by unwanted body hair? You know, there you are, having a romantic moment with that special guy, and all of a sudden, his pleasure pump gets deflated because your legs feel like Chewbacca's butthole, or your arms look like the bottom of King Kong's nutsack. Well, if that terrible shit has ever happened to you, then you're in luck because I have your solution. It's Titty Whiskers. Titty Whiskers is a revolutionary new product that will have your clam as bald as a baby's ass. And the best part is there's no need for reapplication ever thanks to their patented formula which includes coconut milk and hydrofluoric acid. So if your areolas have chili bolas, Titty Whiskers. If your balloon knot looks like it took a propecia shot, Titty Whiskers. God damn it, if your clit looks like it's making out with Cousin It, Titty Whiskers! Go to tittywhiskers.com right now to put in our code word glory hole for 10% off their follicle fighting formula. That's code word glory hole for 10% off their services one more time. Tittywhiskers.com, code word glory hole. Holy shit, Longhorn. Well, if I did have any daughters, I would definitely recommend that Titty Whiskers <laughs> product to them. Uh, it sounds like it's good <clears throat> hair removal for the ladies there. Look, this is not 1980s anymore. Nobody wants the gigantic muff down there. So, look doesn't have to be bald for me. That's weird, I think. But at least keep it in the ballpark, ladies. <laughs> keep it in the ballpark. Yeah, I don't see you producing offspring that, that have um, hairy hairy issues. And I, <laughs> I mean, don't we have a product that sponsors called uh, Hairy Whores Be Gone? If, if, I mean, they, they, go, they go hand in hand, so I would just have to use that product, too, if that was the case. <laughs> is happening right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight baby Yeah, boys and girls, it is time for week 17 in the air tonight. Look, a couple things before we get started here. Number one, I looked at this week overall since 2021, since that's the year that the week 
18 week format started. So we have two seasons worth of data so far, and the dogs overall in week 17 are 7 and 24 straight up, losing by 10.5 points per game. 14, 16, and 1 ATS with a negative 3.76 ATS margin with an average line of plus 7. And the games have went under to a 12 and 18 clip, but with a plus 1 total delta. So that was a little bit misleading, but if you look a little bit further inside that, uh, it's really the home dogs that are doing pretty well at 6-2, and two, plus 3 margin. The away dogs are the one that really shit in the bed this week. So the, so far, these two years we've had this format, 8-14 and 14 ATS with a negative 6 ATS margin on an average line of 7. And then the second thing I wanted to cover real quick is we're doing a little bit different format uh, because we're delayed a night here. So I've already submitted my shitty contest picks. So for the first time ever on the pod... If it's one of those games, I'm going to take the handicap first, and Longhorn can tell me how wrong that I am on the pick afterwards. Well, if you already submitted your picks, that means you took Thursday. I did. So we're going to cover Thursday, which we don't normally do, but really quickly. I had the Browns laying seven and a half tonight. Um, I didn't really have a good handicap for it other than the way dog stats I just gave you and the fact that Cleveland might – I, they might actually be about the fourth best team in the conference right now in the AFC. And Thursday night, big favorites do good in general. Since 2012, home favorites on Thursday of seven or more, 22-11-1 ATS, covering by three points per game, 32-2 and two straight up, winning by 13 points per game. And the Jets are trash, and so far it's going well for me, but Longhorn, you can tell me your thoughts on my first selection here in the contest. Well, first of all, I just looked up what the line is, and you laid seven and a half, so it's even. Um, it was even ballsier than because I think it, did it close at seven? Uh, one book I pulled up here actually closed at six and a half. So yep. yeah, mostly it closed at seven. Yes. And what did you say the away dogs things were? So away dogs uh, eight and fourteen ATS with a negative six point one seven ATS margin with an average line of seven. And in and, and this week or this week and next week? No, this week only. Because I pulled up the last two weeks first, and it was kind of split. And I'm like, man, I think there's something wrong with that. Because I remember week 18, teams with nothing to play for versus teams to play for. The teams with nothing to play for do really well. Obviously, they're going to be the dogs. So then I split it up, and I was like, oh, so it's the fucking week before the week. They just like, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck this. We're shitting the bed this week. Next week, we'll bring our balls, last game, whatever. But... It's a inter- yeah, it's it's interesting. I've got quite a few um, away dogs that I'm leaning to, so that's something. Yeah, that's another thing I want to bring that up too to help uh, Longhorn out. He he went four and one last week in the contest. This is the last part of the three weeks, so he is you know obviously in competition with the rest of the people for that three week contest. So I'm trying to my picks don't matter because I suck in the contest, but I'm trying to help my buddy out. As much as I possibly can, and hopefully, I don't want to talk him out of anything that he loves for sure, but just maybe at least give him enough information if he's kind of iffy on some to maybe point him in a better well, direction. Well, I'm looking at my list of pos- like I've got eight, I've got it trimmed to eight possibilities for the super, <clears throat> and I'm trying to count home dogs. Wait, is it away dogs? It's away dogs, right? Away dogs are the worst. Home yeah. dog, home dogs have done pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing one, two. I've got three of the eight are away dogs, so I will definitely uh, take that in consideration for sure. But yeah, yeah, and after seeing that, I just made up my mind. Like, okay, if you're gonna take a dog this week, you gotta have a reason. It's got you gotta have a fucking reason to take that dog. So that's kind of like 
is usually I try to do like, okay, you got to have a reason to take a favorite. So I just kind of flip my mindset this week. Like, this is the week you got to have a fucking reason to take that dog. I so. think the reason is that they're going to win. Is that a good enough reason? That's a that's a reason. That is a reason. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's it it is a hard it it's a it's like a hodgepodge week of you know big dogs or big favorites and then a bunch of ones in the middle that you really don't even like that much. So it's it's a tough week for sure. All right, we're gonna move on from that. Oh, you didn't? Well, I guess it's I hard mean, to give an opinion once the game's already yeah, I mean, halfway it's, over. It's, it's, I mean, <laughs> there's a million points being scored at halftime. So I mean, normally in a Browns Jets game, I would have said this is like way over for the final score, but it looks like this is just going to be an up and down. So I would still, I would say you're still looking really good. So far, so good. We'll say that. All right, moving on. It's those Dallas Cowboys on Saturday night, right there in Jerry World. God damn it, those Detroit Lions are coming to town, and this line, this line is down all the way to. Uh, I guess we'll call it consensus five and a half right now. I know it was six in the contest, but uh, either way, Dallas favored five and a half to six. Yeah, this is one I was going back and forth on and eventually did land on just a slight lean to Dallas. Um, And it basically came down to I I love the spot for the Cows coming off two losses and uh, and Detroit coming off clinching that division, and we saw the emotion that, that the players had and the coaching staff had. So I really like the spot. The matchup, I you know, I kind of like – if those defensive players come back, and I don't know for sure, we got to look up practice reports going into the weekend, but those three players I talked about, Houston, uh, McNeil, and uh, Gardner-Johnson, if, they're, if those three play and Tyron Smith for the Cowboys is, again, out – uh, He's not trending well. Yeah, a matchup favors Detroit to me. So it was kind of a battle back and forth there. Um, you know, you got the first round buy up for grabs for Detroit technically still. Um, so so you know they, even though they won the division, there shouldn't be you know like you know like oh, okay you know we can relax now because they still got something to, to seriously play for. But this is just a spot for Dallas. It's it's a standalone game on Saturday night. In their sweet spot, they get they light up bad defenses, so it feels a little cowardly. But if those if those three players are not playing, you know, like th- this is just a spot that, that the Cowboys are going to go in there, flex on offense. That pass rush is going to go crazy for for Dallas in the, in these type of spots where they can get a lead and just pin their ears. So you know, in a game that I was back and forth on, I eventually landed on the Cowboys. I will you know lay those points and maybe stay out of one of these um, road dog traps that you were talking about. Yeah. So the numbers on this one are split. The buckets are on the cows, uh, but the predictives are all on Detroit here. Look, this line made no sense to me at all. You know, in May, it was Dallas minus three. Both teams have exceeded expectations on their season win total. So the line should be Dallas minus three. But it opened at six. It took a lot of cow money. It got up to six and a half. But now it's starting to go the other way. Um, but Detroit, like you said, is one of those road dogs here. I talked about so not the best spot for them. But I know it's, this is getting too short of a sample size. It really counts. More coin flippy shit. But inside of those dogs... Uh, if you're above 500 team playing another above 500 teams, in other words, yes, you are an away dog, but like you said, still motivation on both sides. Uh, the dogs are two and one straight up and straight up and ATS with an average line of six, which is right about where this is. So I was torn this game too, but for that reason, I am making this the first do no Wong teaser of the week. We're going to make 
this is six and a half point teaser. So that will get the lines up to 12 points, I guess, at this point, or 12 and a half, somewhere around in there. And we're taking the total up to 60 and a half, and we're going to take the mm -hmm. under, which mm -hmm. I know is counterintuitive to what most people think this game is going to go, which is why I like it even more. Look, overall, in this one, golf plays his best ball inside. Some people think it's at home, but I went through the numbers this year. It does not really matter as long as it's not outdoors. On the season, he has a QBR of 59.6. Indoors, he's 64.3. Outdoors, 48.26. So, huge drop-off if he's playing in the elements. So, I expect him to be just fine in this game. But the concern for me with Detroit, as it is every game, is, like you said, their fucking defense. Since week nine, they are 27th in the league EPA per play. They are dead-ass last in drop-back success rate on defense. But they are number five on rushing success rate. But Dallas doesn't run the ball. They aren't good at it, and they don't even really try they throw the ball 58% of their offensive plays. And since week nine, they are the number one dropback success rate team in the NFL. So that's best on worst. Now, on the other side, the Cows defense of week nine has been below average. 18th in EPA per play, 23rd in dropback success rate, 31st in rushing success rate, as we've seen. And Detroit's offense has been excellent. Third in dropback, fourth in rushing. So it's strength on weakness there, too. I think this game comes down to which team makes the crucial turnover. You know, Detroit has a negative turnover margin on the season, while Dallas is tied for second best in the league. Dallas lives on the turnover. Outside of the division, the Cows have only beat one team all year with a positive turnover margin, and that was Seattle, and they barely pulled that one out of their ass. But I've seen this movie before, man. Golf in a big spot on the road. He makes the critical error. I think this is the get-right spot here for Dallas, like you said. I think they win... I don't know. I, I tease it up because I think they either win 31-27 or 31-24. You either just barely hit the cover or barely miss it. Somewhere in that neighborhood. But either way, we hit our do no wong teaser. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, it's those Baltimore Ravens. And this is really, well, this is the NFC or the AFC game of the week, I would say. They are consensus three-point home favorites to those Miami Dolphins. Yeah, this is one that I talked about it on the um, on the Monday pod. I just like Baltimore here, and it seems it's feeling like, um, and if you've got the ticket splits over there, it feels like it, everybody's on Miami. The money's coming in on Miami, and I'm just gonna I'm just taking a stand here because I don't I don't see it and you know my there's some worries I, I I get while why people would come in on Miami you know there's there's Lamar and Harbaugh favored you know favored over three those trends are you know, none of those trends are good for Baltimore um, but I just Miami is not good against good teams and they just beat a good team so why and I'm never taking a team that struggles beating good teams. To do it two weeks in a row. Now, uh, yes, Baltimore's coming off a, you know, probably Super Bowl preview, possibly Super Bowl preview win last week. Um, but they, they've still got to, they've still got motivation to win because if they win this game, they got the first round by uh, in the playoffs and then they can make a decision when they play week 18 against Pittsburgh. Do they want to play their players half the game, whatever they want to do. It, the freedom is up. So this is the one. Like, win this and we're done with our work until the playoffs. So I, I don't know. I, it's, everybody seems to be taking Miami. The money's coming in on Miami. 
I said on Monday I I like Baltimore at anything under four, and I'm sta- I'm standing by that. I like Baltimore. All right, no call on the power rankings here. There are no buckets in this game. The predictors are all on Miami, but they're another road dog. But another road dog with two winning teams, so not as bad as it could be for Miami. But overall, I you have to say the number's fair because our power rankings make it exactly a zero delta. But I think it's short. This line in May was Baltimore minus two and a half. Now it's three. So although I do think it's fair, obviously, I, I think it is a little short. Here's the interesting thing in this one to me. I, we're going to find out how versatile Baltimore is on defense because they play almost exclusively man coverage, but nobody plays man versus Miami. They've only seen man coverage 39% of the time. There's a reason for that. Two has extremely fast receivers, and his rating versus man is 126.4 compared to 98 versus zone. So I don't think Baltimore will line up and do what they normally do. Uh, look, the Cows play the most man in the entire league now. They didn't do that last week. They backed off. They made two of make shot throws and holes. He proved that he was not good at that. That's why his rating is so bad at man. He missed so many open receivers. But the Cowboys totally changed what they normally do on defense. So, And it, and it helped. Uh, versus the run on that too but Tua did have wide open guys in the Cowboys secondary because again they're not used to playing zone but he missed them so I don't really know if his tiny Hawaiian coconut chucker is hurt or getting tired but he definitely didn't look right or maybe the Cows just surprised him by playing so much zone which they never do will Baltimore do the same thing I'm not sure but I do expect Lamar to have an easier time running the ball versus Miami than he did against San Fran. Miami's another heavy man coverage team. They do blitz at a much higher rate than San Fran. Uh, it's not extreme, but it's definitely higher. It's right around league average. So they don't necessarily rely on it. So if they show it early and Lamar burns them on a couple big runs, I would expect them to make the adjustment. But overall, I'm with you, man. I lean Baltimore here. I know that they are, I know that they are a legit team. And to me, Miami is still more of a paper tiger. Uh, you say they beat a beat good team last week. Is Dallas a good team? I don't know. I really don't know if they are. Uh, their defense. Well, is that's proven. their best win. So it's it, definitely it, their best win. It and better they, be a good team. They, they pulled that one out of their ass too. And I don't know about you say they got fast receivers. Well, they got a fast receiver now. They're down. They're down to just Hill. So uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, mm. yeah, if Wall's not playing for sure, but I mean, Hill Hill's enough to scare you for sure. Because if you line up man to man on him and you. He slips you. That's or over just with. double him and dare, like I mean, just dare everybody else to beat you and see if that, see if that can work without those. Because that's kind of like you know what's been working them that two dangerous, you know, similar receivers on both sides of the field. It just stretches you thin vertically and horizontally, and that's kind of what they've been living on. So right. I don't know. We'll, we'll. I mean, everything's coming against it. The money's coming in on Miami, but I'm. Uh, I'll be on. So I'll I looked at this earlier in the week, and the cash was on Miami, and the tickets were on Baltimore, which gave me pause. But now the cash is flipped fifty two forty eight on the Ravens. It's if you look at most books, it's at three, but it's also three minus one twenty at a lot of them. So I think it's going to go back up. Yeah, I uh, see it three and a half in the contest. So that you know, yeah, that's that'll be a decision I got to make. The only thing that makes me optimistic on Miami going forward, though, and I said this last week on the handicap versus the cows is they are a team that can score the ball, which is the most important thing in the playoffs for success, but they're also a team whose defense is trended way the fuck up. Uh, so that actually makes me optimistic, because I thought their defense was crap, 
which it was for the first half of the year. But the second half of the year, they're basically the number one defense in the NFL. So um, if that travels and they make a good game out of this, even if they lose, I'll still be very optimistic on them going to the playoffs. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on. It's going to be Buffalo and New England, and this is a contest is contest play for me. Number two, I've got <laughs> Buffalo laying the fucking wood on this one. Uh, let's see, contest, what did I lay here? 12, and currently 12 it and is half. at 13 and a half. Oh, God. Well, we'll call it 13 consensus. 13 and 12 in the contest? 12 in the contest. <clears throat> so... The numbers are split on this one. Uh, Buffalo has the buckets. Uh, the predictive data is split there, too. Um, New England is the way dog in division. Week 17, the last two years, those are 1-9, and nine, straight up and 3-7 and seven ATS. So this is the worst road dog to be as a division road dog this week. Losing by 13 points per game on average, which is one point above the line. So that's razor thin. Uh, but overall... Look, I'm going with John Wayne versus Belichick. He's 4-2 and two straight up and ATS since 2021. They already lost to him earlier this season. So the revenge factor and max motivation, obviously, for Buffalo to win. The pass just came off a road win in Denver that nobody thought they were going to get. And since 2021, teams with less than a 30% winning percentage coming off a win the previous week in this week 17. Very short sample size, 1-2 and two ATS. Negative 5 ATS margin with an average line of 10.5. That gets us well above this number, though. That means they're going to lose by about 16. So I'm with the Bills and the Buckets on this one. Longhorn's thoughts on my second terrible selection here. Yeah, complete agreement for me. That's one of my, one of the eight on my list. Uh, you basically said everything I wrote down, so I got nothing to add other than that Buffalo you know, they had their, you know, they had their letdown last week. They still got the win. They don't have... They Against have, a dead coach, a dead cat right. bounce coach team. Yeah, so now it's time to just throttle down. They they're a familiar opponent. They always beat them at home here. Beat them badly. Uh, yeah, it's just it's uh, yeah. They're definitely on my list and definitely a possibility. All right, moving on. It's the Chicago Bears. They're hosting those hot Atlanta Falcons, and they are three point consensus home favorites. Yeah, this line has not moved as far as I've seen. Not one inch. All, all week. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure I talked about on Monday how this was one of the two teams that I teased up from three to nine uh, with the anticipation that they would drop to two and a half, uh, New Orleans being the other one. I think New Orleans has ticked down, so I got that one right. This one is just stuck in fucking mud. Um, and. And I wrote down when I did this handicap. It's one of those games that nobody's going to bet until like you're just standing at the window itching for something to put your money on other than what yeah. you already have. You're like, ah, fuck it. Give me, give me the Bears or give me Atlanta, whatever. I still think this is going to tick down by kickoff, and that will be the, the time for me to go ahead and grab that Chicago minus two and a half or two or whatever, or whatever it gets to and, and try to middle with that Atlanta plus nine. Um, not a great feel on this. I do, you know. Chicago is a defense that's been they're, they're turning the ball up. They're getting the ball away from the opponent and you know with with that Atlanta dome team playing outside, Heineke at quarterback. I just don't I don't I don't trust Atlanta to put two good games in pass a Pass me another Heineke, honey. <laughs> two Yeah, you know, he can't pass you another good Heineke cuz he already had one. You only get one with Heineke. Now it's time for the bad skunk Heineke. Um this just feels like a low-scoring game. 
that Chicago will somehow, you know, manage to win by a field goal. Uh, so this this would be the uh, fiddle in the middle, but they're still on double secret probation until they until they get some more wins. So um, yeah, I like Chicago. I like Chicago to when it ticks down. Don't take it at three. Wait for it to tick down to two and a half or two, uh, and and you can you can do the fiddle in the middle if you want to. All right, the numbers here agree on Atlanta. The buckets are in Atlanta. The predictive numbers are on Atlanta. Look, on this one, I don't have a great feel and either. And you don't have Atlanta in the contest. I know. I'm so smart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I don't have a great feel in this game. Either way, we win, though. One more loss by either of these teams, and we hit the season under. So, naturally, I'm rooting for a tie. That don't we have a- both of them? We do. And and which one can we – How, how Either many- one. Either one. But if either one of them get a win, we're still okay? Yep. Okay. But if they tie, we hit oh, them both. Yeah. So to, yeah, I'm, calling, I'm calling it. Okay. 20 to 20 tie. And if that hits on that number, Longhorn is contractually obligated to roll me a $1,000 hard six when we're mm-hmm. in Vegas next month. Or yeah. he can just give me a 1000 Either way, I don't care, but I'm calling it 2020 tie and if that hits i would like all my flowers uh, on the recap show please well when i roll you all these hard sixes hard eights hard tens and it's a if you, if you fucking pull over a purple chip you better kick a green to me i know that <laughs> I can better, better be a greenback coming all right uh that's all i got on that one moving on we got houston it's those houston with an h texans they are hosting those tennessee titans this line has moved all over the place um and the contest, it's three and a half. It's settled in, we'll call it about 4.25 consensus for whatever you want to say. I see it at five at points bet, four and a half. Hmm. No, five at Caesars, four and a half at points bet, four and a half at FanDuel, and then fours everywhere else. So, I don't know. Let's call it four and a half. Yeah, I can. this will just be a game that, that will not be on my list. Um, even though it looks like it's going to have good – uh, closing line value for the contest anyways i just i'm not taking these quarterbacks coming off concussions and this is a two-week concussion for uh stroud and uh, you know it, is that good has he had two weeks to recover or is it bad because his, his brain really got you know jambled up there so I, it's just a stay away game for me um obviously i would take houston and will take houston in any pick them straight up contest type things but um yeah i can't i can't take either one on the side here until i can see what Stroud's going to look like and and he will be coming back with you know only nico collins uh and and not tank dell um but we've seen him tear it up with with noah brown of all people so if he's right i mean i know tank was the splashy name but collins was really the dude that was doing the work for him well there was different it was just different games like they were kind of like one one would go off one game one, one would go off the other one they worked well together but as we saw Noah Brown stepped in at different times when when either one was out and had his Noah monster game. Noah fucking Brown. Yeah, so it really just comes down to Stroud. <laughs> like like if Stroud is Stroud, it it's uh, it appears like it doesn't really matter who's out there. And if it is Noah Brown and Nico Collins, that's perfectly fine. He'll light up this Tennessee defense like a Christmas tree. But like I said, I can't trust it till I see it with these quarterbacks coming off concussions. All right, this one. Uh... No, the numbers are split on here. Houston does have the buckets. The predictive is split data. 
Look, I locked in Houston on my online contest at minus three and a half. I don't know who the fuck was waiting on the Stroud announcement. Obviously, with that line, he was already figured to fucking go, but whatever. It's four and a half now. Tennessee is the division road dog I just talked about with New England, so terrible spot uh, here in this week. I'm assuming it's going to be Levi's uh, playing quarterback for Tennessee. Vrabel said if he's be- he's better and if he can go, he wants him to go. He said there's no more valuable experience than these reps he can get right here. So I'm assuming. That- well, he's coming off ahead too, right? No ankle. Oh, okay. I thought he got dinged up too. Uh, well, yeah, he didn't he didn't play last week because of his ankle. So well, he uh, looks like he has a concussion. Like all the time, he's just all the time. Yeah, that's just his resting dumb face. But yeah, Stroud obviously is going to play. So thank God we've seen the last of Case Keenum. The Broncos were winning thirty-six to seven when Davis Mills took over and threw a couple of trash times touchdowns. But I don't think Keenum would have even done that. He had sixty-two yard passing for the whole fucking game. Sixty-two yards passing. Hmm. But like I said, like you said, I am worried about. A quarterback coming off a concussion. But with the buckets and the spots, I can only lean Houston here. Look, this line was a pick in May. So that's the big bucket that Houston falls into. Um, but this number's starting to get out of hand. I bet it. Houston minus three and a half. I locked in at three and a half. I don't want any part of it at this point. Uh, I, but I just can't back Tennessee. Unless this number, it's not going to get to six. But no. if it did, maybe. But it, it just feels like... This week, uh, or last week versus Seattle, was kind of the last big effort they were going to give. You know, they got a little bounce from Tanny showing up. Houston already beat them in Tennessee with Davis Mills, by the way. The Titans can do anything with Levi's offensively in that game. Houston should be refocused coming off a very embarrassing loss, obviously. They're getting their quarterback back. I trust Ryan's ability. You, you talked about this earlier this year. He's going to show us what kind of abilities he have to refocus his team. I trust that he already showed that he can. He yeah. knows their season's riding on it. Vrabel's already proven last year that, you know, he doesn't really have any motivation to play spoiler. They've lost two in a row. I think they lose the rest of their games. I think he's done in Tennessee. He's moving on to New England where he will have a top five pick and get to draft his new quarterback and try to resurrect his Patriots back to glory. So it is definitely Houston or pass for me. Yeah, he's scouting. He's scouting the quarterbacks in next year's draft, and currently they're sitting um, at the number four pick. New England is. Yeah, and projected to take Jaden Daniels at number four. So we'll see. All righty. <laughs> uh, I mean, I believe he'd do it. Yeah. All right, moving on. It's those Indianapolis Colts. My boy, the stash, taking on our Las Vegas Raiders. And they are three and a half points home favorites. Yes, yeah, is my shortest write-up, uh, easiest call. I don't know that I'll have it in the contest, but it's certainly on the list. Uh, major, major fade on Vegas and Indy coming off a bad, bad loss last week. Embarrassing to the to the Falcons. Uh, yeah, just this is Vegas. Vegas had the win of their year, certainly at least the year. I don't know the last time they won in Kansas City. It's probably been years, uh, and the way they did it. Two defensive touchdowns. The quarterback just barely completing any passes past the first quarter. It was just, I mean, you you couldn't if they were wearing a neon sign that said "Don't bet me next week." <laughs> I would, I would fucking, be, I would believe it. So yeah, it's I'm I'm Indy or nothing here. Yeah. All right. The numbers are split on this one. Buckets are on Indy. Predict the split also. This was the last one off my list that didn't make it. 
And yes, it was Indy. Like Las Vegas, like you just said, coming off the luckiest win possible the entire season. They scored six points on offense, and they didn't complete one pass in the second half and still won a game in Kansas City. What the <laughs> fuck? I will say though, they they since you know since that coach has taken over, there's been a lot. Of, their their defense is is shown a lot of fight. And it's really weird, you know, like the who was the coach they had? Um, who was it that they got fired? What was it? Who was that? Joshua oh, Daniels. Yeah, he was an offensive guy. So I don't understand this. How do you fire an offensive? Because his whole head? team hated him. Clearly, God. And that's defense. the next part of my write-up too. Is Las Vegas quietly becoming above-average defense in the second half of the season? Oh my God, yes. And Indy's defense has slipped below average, but Las Vegas's offense has remained fucking poverty. Twenty-eighth in the league since Week Nine. EPA success rate. They can't throw the ball. They can't run the ball. Indy has become another one of these easier teams to handicap, man. If you could score 20 points or more, you'd basically beat them. Here's a list of their wins since week nine versus teams that are as bad as the Raiders on offense. Carolina, they beat 27-13. New England, 10-6, both on the road. Pittsburgh, 30-13 at home. The teams they've lost to, Atlanta, who's 18th. Cincy's, who's 12th. And that line... and. Oh, yeah. Eight. They lost Atlanta, who's 18th in offense, and Sissy's, who's 12th. This line was a pick in May, so I can see one, why some people would say you're getting value here on Las Vegas, but this matchup should be a game that Indy can win with margin, so, yeah, end of your pass. All right. All right, moving on. My Jacksonville Jaguars. You talk about fading. Holy shit. Like a fucking shooting <laughs> star. They are hosting those Carolina Panthers. They are six-point home favorites. And this is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. All right, so last week, Carolina gave me the... Well, they didn't give it to me because I don't take big dicks, but they were the big dick. (laughs) (laughs) They were. Let me... Phrasing, they were Phrasing. the big dick pick of the week. So I'm gonna. Oh, that was I thought about. Draw. Oh, damn it. I thought about doing it again this week, but I picked a different uh, big dick. It's more of a, it's a dark. It's a little darker uh, in, in variety, and um, so. But this is gonna be the danger zone, and you know, your your underdog on the road thing, kind of scares me with this. Um, but they're not all, you know, they're not all going to lose. So, yeah, so they don't some all are, lose. Yeah, so some are going to cover. Um, and really, there's just no need to overthink this one. You know, since the injuries have piled up on Trevor Lawrence, he's really not that good of a quarterback. And, uh, you know, I've talked about all year how there's – it's hard to quantify why Jacksonville is good, at least to me. And the only solution I can come up with is that TL, when healthy, is just – he makes them good, and he keeps them in games and wins them uh, wins them in the end. Well, if you take that away, you're left with a shitty roster and a bad quarterback because of the injuries. And I like the way Carolina is fighting. I like the fact, actually, that they won or didn't win, but they covered a game last week where the defense did not show up, and that has been their strength. So I look for them to kind of rally you know, around and play better defense this week. And, you know, the, the quarterback, Young, he's showing – Something. So it just feels like this number's too much. Um, did it come out of six and a half in the contest? Mm, let's 
because uh, it was at seven for a lot of the week, but I bet you they caught it. Six and a half. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's fine. It, it, I would like it at anything over six. So um, definitely on my list and definitely a heavy consideration. I like Carolina to cover. And, God, man, if hmm, if it's Brethard, if it's bad Brethard, Carolina could steal one. If it's T.O., I think he'll, even with injuries, he'll find a way to win this game. All right, so no call on the power rankings, no buckets. Uh, predictive is on Carolina for the most part. This line was six, Jack, Jacksonville minus six in May, so basically that's telling me we're right back to preseason expectations, which if you take the whole season into consideration, that couldn't be further from the truth, but I do understand it because, first yeah. of all, our power rankings say that it is because it's no delta. And all the injuries to Jacksonville and the quarterback being held together by duct tape and shoestrings at this point. The only question I have about left about T.O.'s, how many off-season surgeries is he going to need to be ready for next year? That's really all i got left for him. <laughs> uh, now, Carolina's been on a bit of a surge lately, so I decided, just for shits and giggles, to look at the last two weeks in EPA. They've won a game and almost won a game. So, like, oh, let's just look at the last two weeks. Fuck everything else. Uh, Carolina's still poverty on offense, 22nd EPA success rate. But guess what? Jacksonville's 21st. And on defense... You know, the whole world wants to be believed Carolina has improved. You know, well, they haven't. They suck. They're still 23rd in EPA success rate. But guess what? Jacksonville's 24th. So now I'm supposed to lay six points with basically the same team and a quarterback who's barely dragging himself onto the field, if he even does. I can't fucking do it. Uh, But I've already missed the seven, like you talked about with Carolina. So I don't want to play the dog here either. I'll just keep letting this number drip down. Then hopefully T.L. you know gets announced out, and then maybe I can take Jacksonville. I don't know minus two, two and a half, something like that. I don't have anything else here. I'm passing this game in its current state. Uh, but yeah, I definitely lean with you in Carolina for sure. Wait, wait, you think what do you think is gonna happen to the line if he's out? Yeah, if he's if he's out. Oh, it'll go under three. Under three, really? Hmm. Yeah, I, I I think everybody's assuming he's playing. He's he's saying that he's. He's gonna play. They usually they usually split the baby somewhat in these. I know, but they're. I mean, if you if you look at because usually when they do that, our power rankings are off and it shows value one side or the other, and we had to make judgment calls. But it's right on where it should be. So, oh yeah, I, I think I think they're pricing that he's playing. If he goes under three, then guarantee you Carolina's gonna be in my contest. Well, yeah, you can't pass <laughs> that up. No. All right, moving on. It's those New York football giants. Hey, yo, it's me. Oh, nah, not no. him anymore. Okay, so, and they are hosting those hey, Los Angeles. Yo, I'm still here. Hey, yo, I, don't forget about me, though. They didn't, they didn't cut me, you know. Not Russell Wilson. All mm-hmm. right, there you are. Five and a half point home dogs to the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Hey, yo, this is the big dick pick of the week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm gonna put my dick in. All right. Um. Yeah. This is a long shot. This is uh. This is going out on the limb. And uh. But you know what? So was last week when Carolina was the big dick pick of the week, and they they hung in there. It wasn't pretty at times, and at times it was gonna get away, and they fought their way back in it. And I think that. If the Giants can do that here, it's that's exactly the way it'll go because the Rams are so much better of a team than the Giants. But everyone loves the Rams right now. They're getting all the flowers. They're the team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Kind of like 
Buffalo was two weeks ago when they went to the Chargers across the country, laid an egg, and got a win close. I see the same thing going the other way, across the country, into the cold. And and Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback that's competent, and they play hard for him. And yeah, this could go really bad because the Giants can't stop the run. They can't really stop the pass very much either. They're going to have to score with the Rams and to hang in this game. So, you know, 20, 27 to, to 21, 30 to, to you know, um, uh, well, I guess actually, you know what, what the line change on this is, is screwing me up. Cause I had this written, written down at six when I did this, this, um, handicap and, and now it's changed. So it's four and a half in the contest, uh, five and a half live. So, okay. So it went down to four and a half and then back up. Yep. Okay, so so that tells me that people are just split on on this. Um, Basically, four. it was it was at six. Tyrod got announced. It dropped all the way down to four and a half. It got put in the contest at four and a half. But then the other side's like, yeah, we don't give a fuck if Tyrod's starting, and all the money came back in on the Rams. Oh man, dude, Vegas Vegas can get they can get slaughtered here because if this lands in the middle of all these numbers, they're gonna get slaughtered. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be on the Giants. I just, I just think that they, with Tyrod Taylor in there playing at home in this spot for the, uh, for them, and, and with the Rams coming across the country, I, I like the Giants. All right, the numbers on this one are split. The buckets are on the Rams slightly. The predictors are split. Look, this game, I lean with you. I really expect the Giants to get a boost from Tyrod Taylor being named the starter. He came in last week and completely fucked me in the ass in the contest. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tyrod. Yo. Um. Yeah, if oh yo Tommy D would have stayed in there, I'd fucking had a win, but whatever. <laughs> but this will be do no long teaser number two of the week. Oh, six point teaser here. We're gonna take the Giants, I guess, up to eleven and a half now, and we're gonna take the total up to forty nine and a half, and we're taking the under that kid. Yeah. I like the Giants to stay close on this one. I I definitely lean your way. Uh, if I was playing the contest, which I didn't. I would not feel good the fact they're four and a half and now it's five and a half. But you know what? To me, it was conjecture when they dropped it that much. And I think it's conjecture coming back over the top. So basically, you're telling me at this point, it's a half point difference between Tommy D and fucking uh, Tyrod Taylor. That is a serious load of shit. Uh, you could see instantly when Tyrod got in the game. He, like you said, he's a, he's a, he's a real NFL quarterback. Backup, yes. But a real NFL quarterback, fucking Tommy Cutlets, will never, ever play again in the NFL. Not ever. Mm, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. It's those Philadelphia, goddamn, dirty Philadelphia Eagles, you fuckheads. And they are now up to, Jesus Christ, 11 and a half consensus. I see 12 pop, 12's popping. They're a little heavily juiced, though. So we'll call 11 and a half consensus home favorites over those Arizona fighting midgets. I'm just sitting here trying because I only got two of your picks so far. I'm trying to like, uh, I think I, I think I've got two of your next three uh, pegged, but okay. So this is not one of them then. All right. So I will be on, they are on my list. I will be on Arizona here with those points. Philly, you know, they're just going to prove to me that they can, that they can, boat race a team with margin here and um you know that kyler 
and, and that offense, they're just going to keep on coming. That you know they've got Connor in the backfield. They've got the weapons to expose this back, this uh, bad back seven for Philly. There's really no pass rush for Philly anymore. And when you've got no pass rush, and you've got a quarterback that can, like Kyler, that can sit in the pocket and get comfortable there, and then we know he can beat them with his legs uh, on the outside. I just don't, I don't see. And and with the turnover problems that Philly's having, you know they're they're. They're just turning the ball over crazy this year. I don't see really any way that, and I looked up the weather. The weather shouldn't be like a major factor on the East Coast this week. Um, so, you know, it's not one of those things where it's wet, cold, and rain. It just It's not going to be that. It'll be cold-ish, but, yeah, I just I don't see any way. Arizona is almost locked into my um, contest at this point. It's going to take something major for me to not put them in and i know that, that this falls into your road dogs thing but this is one that i might just force in anyways what do you got all right so the numbers agree on arizona the buckets agree on arizona the predictives are on arizona oh sweet and when the power ranking agreements line up with the predictive model agreements they are six and three so far on the year since we started building these models something kept you off them though yeah so, in our 2021 timeline of Week 17 Road Dogs, if the spread is 10 or more, 1-3-1 one, one, ATS, and 0-5 and straight up, losing by 20 points per game. So, yeah, it's the worst spot of all the Road Dogs. I will the- tip my hat if Philly can beat a team by 20. Yeah. I know we both are your better Arizona. We both set it on Monday, the 10.5. We also got the worst of that. What's it up to? 11.5 and going to 12. What uh, the- and, and what did it hold on let me see what the contest it's ten and a half okay well yep. great so okay i take that back it might not be in my contest jesus uh, look i still lean look one of these big road dogs is going to cover and i'll still lean with the one that has a quarterback and the running game that can actually score the ball this line was 11 and a half in may so i think it's a fair number now with you know, we're, I mean, it's 11 and a half right now, so obviously it's fair. Um, when you say big road, dog, okay, I see the three ten, big. I see the three now. Yeah. Cincy, Arizona, and the um, – uh, we already talked about the other one. What is yeah. it? Carolina. Mm. Those, those are three road dogs over six. Okay. Uh, but the, the one, three, and one is ten or more specifically, so – Oh, okay. Well, but still, that's that's the the, the bigger subset was was yeah 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 the big I mean, bigger subset is road dogs period yeah. Um, but anyway, I I think it's a fair number, but it's it's midget shuffle or pass for me here. It's just it just is because again, they can score the football, and if you could score the football, Philly has proven uh, with their defense that you're going to be able to score enough points to hang in the game with them. And if you do that, well, they can't fucking cover ten points. So yeah. It's Arizona or pass for me. All right. And I already bet them at a bad number, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Tampa Bay. Oh, it's a Tampa Bay kiss. And there's New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is a consensus two-and-a-half-point home favorite. I think it's three in the contest. I'm almost 100% sure yeah. that it is. Yeah, that's three. So yeah. two-and-a-half, though, live. Uh, so, Longhorn, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I refuse to bet New Orleans, and um, I, I know refuse! 
I know they're the side, and I did bet them on a teaser, which does not count. So you know, that's that just doesn't count. That's it's a whole different. It's a whole different thing when you're teasing a team up. But yes, yeah, on the straight side, I'm just not doing it. And I know that they're the right side here. I just I know it. I know that this is a spot for Tampa and Baker to fuck it off. I probably will not um do a fiddle and take Tampa on the flip side even if it got down to two I don't think I would I think I would just roll with the the New Orleans teased up to nine and just say all right we're good to go and and see and just see if Allen the worst coach ATS in the history of football and maybe the worst coach period and Carr can just can just fuck it up so um that I'm I'm just stick, I'm sticking with what I got in a in a straight up contest for people out there that are in straight up. God, you know what? Rely on whatever Bo Stevens is about to say because I cannot make myself take New Orleans here. But if he says it's the right side in a straight up, then take him. What do you got? All right, no call on our power rankings. The buckets are on New Orleans. Predictors are all on New Orleans. But I don't know if I can do it. Uh, like I said, division road dogs. This week, terrible spot. Um, now, if you look at short division dogs, though, they do better, but it's still not a great spot. I'm just really torn on this one. Like, if you look at since week 10, New Orleans defense is 13th in success rate. Tampa's is 26th. And on offense, they're both below average, 17th and 18th. If you look at this line in May, it was Tampa plus 2.5. And, and by our power rankings, it's Tampa minus 3 now. So you're, there's no value here, less than a point of delta here. So if you look at the over-under, though, preseason, Tampa was six. So let's say, for sake of argument, they split the last two games. That's the odds, 50-50. And they win nine. That's a six-point upgrade. New Orleans was nine-and-a-half preseason over-under. Let's say, again, sake of argument, they split their last two. They end up at eight. That's a three-point downgrade. So that's a nine-point flip. So we should be at Tampa Bay minus six-and-a-half raw. Now, once you go through the three, it's a little extra, one-and-a-half. So let's just call a fair line Tampa minus four-and-a-half. So from a Pythagorean standpoint, we're getting two points of value here. That, coupled with the hatred that I have for the Saints, will keep me from playing them. Uh, I can honestly see them getting blown out, or I can see Baker fucking it off at the end of the game and losing. But overall, I'd ha- if I had to lay money down, I'm probably not going to going to because I didn't uh, partake in any of the teasers on this game. It's going to be Tampa Bay or pass for me. I'm probably passing just because I don't know how much I trust Baker. Both of these defense are their defense is horrible. Neither one of these Dolphins is really particularly good. But it's it's not a good spot for New Orleans for sure. So I, I definitely can't back them. Nor would I fucking want to anyway. No. All right. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to the oh, those Washington Redskins. They are thirteen point home dogs to the San Francisco 49ers, and this is contest selection number three for me. <laughs> All right, so the numbers are split on this one. The buckets are on San Francisco. The predictive is split. I am laying the wood again with San Francisco here. Uh, what did I lay in the cut? Twelve and a half is what I laid in the contest. Uh, this is strictly a buckets play for me. Washington falls into a spot that hits at an 85% fade clip. We've only had two teams fall into that all season. It's 2-0. And another one that hits an 80% fade clip. It's 4-1 on the season, so they're the sixth team to fall into that. 
So I got to take San Francisco here. Otherwise, I've built and done all this shit for nothing. Now, that doesn't obviously mean that they will win, clearly. But I got to take them. I am worried about the juice that, you know, benching Longhorn's terrible boy Sam Howe will give the skins. But I'm hoping that San Francisco being pissed off about losing last week and the party bounce back will match that juice. The defense for Washington is just a goddamn abomination. And that's more about effort at this point than anything. And unlike the Jets last week, San Francisco has the offense to stay on the field and keep the ball away from Washington to hopefully avoid the backdoor kick in my goddamn balls. So Longhorn, tell you, tell me about your thoughts on this terrible selection. Yeah, I see it. I see it the same way. I mean, it's the only way I would play it. San Fran is on my list of possibilities um, also. So it's just the only thing that doesn't make it a slam dunk is what you said. It's Brissett. And is he for sure playing? They've already announced it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a worry. Um, but Yeah, because you know, every time he gets in the game, he just fucking goes down the field and scores. Yeah, but that's when he gets in the game. So now he's, you know, it's, it. you know. Oh, I get it. Yeah, these these quarterbacks, you know, these these backup level quarterbacks, they that's their sweet spot, you know. But when you get a chance to, um, you know, San Fran knows he's he's starting, they're preparing for him, and they're pissed off. So this is, you know, that rare. It's rare to get a bounce back spot for maybe the best team in the NFL, but this is definitely a bounce back, get right spot, and just happen to be playing one of the worst defenses in the league currently without any pass rush. It just doesn't line up any better, and the, you said it. The only way the only way this doesn't they don't cover is Brissett, and I feel good knowing that Brissett has to beat me. I just do. Yeah, and I've got a little fucking PTSD from last week about it, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, All right, we're gonna move on. Yeah, it's it's like. Hopefully it's one of those trickle. Like hopefully it's not like San Fran gets Yeah, yeah, up the worst thing could fast, happen is that they get up to like 28 nothing at halftime. That I'll be scared. Which to sounds death. weird. That sounds like just counterintuitive, but it's it's actually I would rather just be like a slow death. Yeah, this ain't college football. The, <laughs> yeah. These teams come back in the NFL. It's like the fucking NBA. I know. All right, we're moving on to the Seattle Seahawks hosting those Pittsburgh Steelers. They are consensus three and a half points. This is contest play number four for me. Uh, in the contests, yep, it's three and a half. So I took the Steelers here. Oh, shit. Uh, this okay. is my least favorite play, so it'll probably be the only one that actually hits. Uh, <laughs> no call by the power rankings, no buckets. Away dog, so terrible spot for Pittsburgh. The predictive model split. The line's fair, honestly. Even going through all the preseason exercise did not provide any value to either side. I'll be rooting for Seattle to win because we need them to, but Pittsburgh is just the dog that I trust the most this week, and I don't trust them very much. But hopefully if there's a football god and he smiles on me at all this week, Seattle will win by three points. That would be great. But Longhorn, please make me feel better about this terrible selection Mm -hmm. or just kick my dick in. I don't – I've split. Like, I don't hate the three and a half. It's not something I wouldn't be taking Seattle, but this is the game that it's my trap game. Like, I smell a fucking trap here that lines at three and a half, just begging you to come take take Pittsburgh. It oh, just feels trappy. Uh, but, you know, I don't like the other side either. But, yeah, I just don't see Rudolph 
coming off that that win that they had last week and and huge win and being able to you know take that to the road across the country to the to that stadium and I just don't see it. Um, but you know, again, I don't like Seattle either. So it was it was a stay away game. I like Seattle straight up. Uh, don't hate the three and a half, but I'm not taking it just because it feels trappy as fuck. I would agree. I hate that pick, but I made it anyway. All right. All right. Moving on. It's those Kansas City Chiefs, and they are still, yeah, consensus seven point home favorites over those Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, this is another one of those road dogs that I like, and you know, um, I'll have to. It is seven in the contest, so the, the number's good in the contest. I don't like Kansas City's offense at all. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and and Cincinnati matchup-wise, I know it's not Burrow, and it's not going to be Burrow playing in Burrow head, but you know, the, these teams, these teams play well against certain other teams. It's not always just you know, the quarterback that plays well. It's the, the teams play well against certain other teams in certain other places. And this is just one of those in recent history where they know the Cincinnati team knows that they can go into that stadium and have success because that's all they know recently. So, uh, yeah, I just, you know, Mahomes is a big favor. We've talked about that over and over and over. It's just everything lines up and points to Cincinnati in this. I like the number. I like the spot. I hate the Kansas City offense, and I hate Mr. Pfizer, Kelsey. He's, he's <laughs> looks like, He looks like he's carrying about 30 extra pounds. He can't catch a ball anymore. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's Cincinnati or nothing for me. He's carrying all uh, what's-her-name's purses in his fucking jersey there. He can't fucking run no more. They deserve each other. They really do. All right. I was very torn on this game. The numbers are split. The buckets are split. The predictors are split. But since he does fall into a pretty strong fade spot in uh, one of the predictive models, if there was ever a get-right time for this Kansas City offense, it's this game. Cincinnati's defense, I've said it for a few weeks now, is fucking poverty. Since week 9, 29th in defensive EPA success rate, I mean, they are fucking awful. But... The problem is the only team that Kansas City's beaten in the last – only two teams they've beaten in the last six weeks. Put that – they won two games in six weeks, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Are teams with poverty offense. They can't put any pressure on their offense to actually perform consistently. They beat New England, who can't score, and they beat the poverty offense of the Raiders in Las Vegas. But then as soon as their offense gives up two scores to their defense – they couldn't perform under pressure to score enough to beat a team who literally cannot score the football. Well, since he can score the football against everyone, not named Pittsburgh. But everyone that Mr. Browning, Mr. Browning, has played besides Pittsburgh has been poverty on defense except Minnesota. And they got very, very fortunate to win that game. In fact, they were... They only scored 20 points of offense in that game. Their defense scored the other seven. And the Chiefs' defense is much better than Minnesota's. Since week 10, they are the number six success rate defense in EPA. They're only two spots behind Pittsburgh. That is the handicap to me on this one, is that if Casey can hold Cincy to less than 17, then they can cover. If they can't, then they don't. So I'm just going to let this line kind of do what it's going to do. Think about which side, depending on how the number falls, which side to bet it to actually 
closer to game day for today at seven. It's passing for me. Um, just because, like I said, their defense is so bad, and Kansas City's defense is so good, and Mr. Browning has not proven that he can actually score the ball against a good defense yet. So This, this game is 23-20 written all over it. Yeah, probably. Or 23-14 in the Chiefs' cover. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe. Go ahead, go, to, go ahead and go to the next game and give us your final uh, – your next game is the final entry. It actually is not. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I've had a uh, – I'll get into it. All right. All right, we're going to Denver with those Broncos. They're laying three and a half points. Consensus home favorites to those San Diego soup charges. Yeah, it's this this quarterback change has fucked this game all up since I wrote this. Uh, you know, this this so this Russell drama is changing everything. And honestly, I'm still catching up on exactly how deep this rabbit hole of the drama goes between him and Sean Payton. So um, I'll you know, fill you in. Yeah, why don't you take it away because I'm I'm trying to play catch up on everything that's going on with this one. All right, well, numbers agree on the Chargers. Buckets are not unpredictable on the Chargers. Look, this game pisses me off. It This was my favorite dog of the whole week. I bet them at plus five and a half. I locked them into five and a half in the contest. Denver was, they got their dream crushed, you know, last week. They're a dead team walking. But, of course, Sean Payton, being the great coach he is, gives his team a reason to fight by benching their highest paid player for the rest of the season. Now, mm-hmm. it's all come out why that happened. So after the Kansas City win, where Russ played his very best game in the entire season, the organization, not Sean Payton, the ownership, went to Russ and said, hey, we need you to renegotiate this injury clause in your contract and take it out. Otherwise, we're going to bench you for the rest of the season. Oh, shit. And Russ got pissed off and said, go fuck yourself. So eventually they called his bluff on it. Now, if you're thinking, oh, how could they do that to Russell Wilson? Blah, 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 blah. Look, this is the fourth time this has happened in the last two years. It happened to Jimmy G. It happened to Matt Ryan. And it happened to, uh, fuck, I'm going to forget the other one. Oh, God dang it. It was, oh, Tommy, oh, uh, Carr. Tommy Carr, DeVito. Carr. No. Tommy DeVito. No. Derek Carr. <laughs> so it's happened to three other quarterbacks already. They had the injury clause. The teams were like, fuck you. We're not paying you. We're not keeping you. Go fuck yourself. Uh, I'll get into the ramifications on the cap a little bit later, but that is what happened. So it's not so much Sean Payton doing it, his whole thing, like, oh, I think it's going to give the offense a boost. That's a bunch of horse shit. This decision was made weeks and weeks ago, and they will be cutting him uh, very soon. So just keep your eye out for that. Um, Now, on the flip side of that, what still kept me off of the charges in the contest was that should send an absolute message to anyone else in that locker room that was thinking of dogging it for the rest of the year after the Dream Crusher. If you dog it, your fucking ass is gone. So really, I'm just trying to wait to see if this is going to get down to two and a half. As soon as it does, I'm going to be on Denver to try to fiddle in the middle here. Because like I said, I got the charges at five and a half already. What's it trending to? It's, It's stuck at three and a half right now. Okay. So we'll see if it if it goes the other way, if it keeps going down. I don't know. It's stuck at this position. But uh, that's that's my only hope right now is that it'll drop and maybe I can 
fiddle in the middle here and get both sides. But basically, this is just part of the business in this league. The big thing for them next year is how do they get around $36 million in dead cap space and find a quarterback that will actually make them competitive. I don't think they can do it. Uh, Denver will be an under bet for me next year on the season totals unless Peyton can pull some magic out of his ass. Maybe they get Jared Stidham to throw, you know, six touchdowns in the last two games and they get that, you know, false offseason hope that, oh, we got our – we got our quarterback. We don't need him. We don't need another one. I think you got to remember who this coach is. He's I not know, stupid. I know. But they're <laughs> going to have. I mean, where are they at? And do they even have a first round pick this year? I know they've been. They're paying that Russell Wilson tax. I don't. Uh, th- I don't know that they do. Oh, they do. They're they're projected 14th right now, and all the quarterbacks would be gone. the The next quarterback going after 14, where they're projected. Oh, it's Bo Nix at 19. Oh, mm-hmm. Bo Nix and Sean Payton. <laughs> that's not a bad fit, actually. Super Bowl! Yeah, that's not a. That's actually a fit. That's a real good fit, actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, might be hope. At Denver's always so fucking. I fucking hate them. They they're get lucky so with lucky. quarterbacks. They're always too. so lucky. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the last. It's not Monday night, but it's Sunday night football. I don't know the theme song, so it's Sunday night. Hmm. This is my fifth and final selection. Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> they are a one-point consensus home favorite. I laid two in the contest because I'm real smart. But this is actually, believe it or not, my favorite selection of the week. Now, this is no call by our power rankings. There are no buckets. The predictive models, though, uh, many falls into a great spot there. It's one of on the defensive predictive models. And so far, when it calls a favorite, that the offensive models don't agree with, it's 6-2. and two. So it's a real good kind of favorite predictor there. Other than that, you know, I've told you guys, Minnesota plays the most zone and blitz, and blitz is the most in the whole league. What does Jordan Love struggle with the most? Zone coverage. His rating versus zone coverage drops 14 points. His adjusted net yards per attempt drops 26 basis points. His but the biggest one is his touchdown percentage goes from 9.2 versus man to 2.6 versus zone. And you've already seen this the first time they played in Green Bay, where they had the advantage of that goddamn slick grass. He had one of the worst games of the season. Green Bay scored 10 points, their lowest output of the entire year. Look, Longhorn has been telling you guys all year Green Bay was a fraud. I am back in my brother's call here. Mullins is dead, thank God. I think the rookie actually gives him some juice here. But even if he sucks, guess what? So does Bryce Young. What rookie? They're starting the rookie. Um, fifth round pick. <laughs> Is it, oh, that's an odd name that, that, that his parents yeah, gave. Yeah, and he was picked in the fifth round. Can you believe it? What are the odds of that? Who the fuck is starting? I don't know his fucking name. You're the roster guy. I, this is news to me. I did not know they were starting. Why Why would they not be starting Mullins or or Dobbs? Because they're terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, okay. Finish your handicap. Well, even if he sucks, guess what? So does Bryce Young. <laughs> Baker isn't great. And Tommy oh DeVito God. isn't even a thing anymore. And they all scored on hey, this yo. shitty Green Bay defense. Who, by I'm, the way. I'm still here. Since week 10, ranks 30th in defensive EPA success rate. I like Minnesota here, and this is also going to be the third and final do no wong. Teaser tonight, it's another six-pointer. 
We're going to take Minnesota and make them a five-point dog. And we're going to take the total up to 52.5 and take the under. Do no wrong, baby. Longhorn, thoughts on my fifth and final shitty selection of the week. Yeah, here's my thoughts, and this is not dramatic. It's written down. Hit that fucking sounder. Get the fuck out of here with all of that shit. No. Yeah, give I mean the fact that that we don't you can't you don't even know his name who's starting. I've it doesn't look, matter what his I'm gonna name is. actually I'm gonna look it up, but yeah, no, love is whoever's playing quarterback for Minnesota, love is going to be the better quarterback. Uh, he's taken his lumps and he's not been great. Hot sports opinion. He's not been great most of the year, but actually he, he's it, been pretty damn good most of the year, except against Minnesota. Um, well, about halfway through, he started to kind of hit a little stride there. Um, but yeah, it's no, this is a, now the defense for Green Bay sucks. You are right, no matter who it is, and, and eventually I'm gonna be able to scroll through here and find who the fuck it is that's starting. Jordan Love is number 10, sir, in QBR for the entire season. In the entire league. He's better than your boy Jared Goff. Yeah, and he's got a 78 uh, PFF. I, I get that. I'm talking about the whoever is starting for Minnesota. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that Jordan Love has been – I'm defending your point. He's been really fucking good this year. Yeah, well – He's He's been way he fucking better than we he, ever He was really be. bad early, turned a corner at, you know, around the midseason, and then, and then, yes, has been really good. Uh, but their defense is so fucking bad. Mm. So you're so you're right. Whoever does play for Minnesota should be able to put up points um, and with with the offense that they got. Uh, I did see that Jordan Love's numbers against pressure aren't that bad. So when you blitz him, he's he's shown that he can have some success. Um, so yeah, I've, I've already. No, it's more t- it's more the zone coverage thing that Minnesota plays. They play the most zone in the entire league, and that's. I mean, like I said, he scored ten points on them at home last time because he's just really bad versus zone coverage. So I took. I talked about on Monday. I took Green Bay up in a teaser to eight and a half. I stand by that. I'm standing by picking them on the sounder to win here, and um, it is Jaron fucking Hall. That's the guy, Jaron. Hall is playing quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. And you put him in your contest. I love it. God damn right I did. And I got a terrible number. They're probably going to close the dog. I don't give a fuck. Where did Jaron Hall play quarterback at? He played at a university in America. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, do you consider the, uh, the Mormons America? Well, yeah, I think we annexed him in, didn't we? All right, fair enough. Then, so, yeah, so all right, go, go, Jaron Hall or he played U- Utah. No, uh, BYU. He played BYU, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that. All right, Prob- they say he did. He probably didn't, but he's going to be playing for Minnesota on Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> Jaron Hall, come on down, baby. All right, <laughs> all right, boys and girls, that was all. The wind's coming to the air tonight. <laughs> All right, Longhorn, it's time for those free. I said three picks of the week. Lay it on, baby. All right. With the official NFL free pick of the week, I am going to go with – wait, is Cincy still at seven? Can you still get yes. seven? Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go with Cincy at seven. I just like that number. 
Um, and um, why don't you go ahead with all yours? And I'm gonna build. I'm gonna build a little sounder, big dick danger zone um, parlay, and I'll, I'll announce that when you get done with yours. All right, for the college free pick of the week, those Wyoming Cowboys minus three and a half. We gave it up to the clients at minus three uh, a little while ago, a week and a half or so. Like, I like it all the way up to six. The Wyoming players are all in. Their coach is retiring after this game, so it's one of those win-win for the Gippers send-offs. Toledo, starting quarterback and running back, are out. Uh, they were their whole offense. Their best offensive lineman out is out also, who's the guy that they ran behind for their whole offense. They lost their MAC championship game. That's usually a good fade spot for teams. Not sure what their motivation is here, so let's go Cowboys on that one. And then the pizza money parlay. Oh, it's a juicy one. 14 and a half to one. This one pays. We're going to take those Iowa. Yes, I said it. Hawkeyes plus 200 on the money line. Alabama plus 105. And those Washington Huskies plus 155. Look, I wanted to talk about this one because we won't get a chance to talk to you again until after these games are played. In full admittance, the Alabama pick is simply one on the belief that the athleticism of Bama's quarterback can beat the Michigan defense, and the belief that J.J. McCarthy isn't as healthy as Michigan wants you to believe that he is. And if he can't scramble to throw, he fucking sucks. If he can't help out the run game, then Alabama is going to just stuff their ass. And on the other side of that, I have zero faith in Bama's quarterback throwing the ball. He's not good at it. He had one of the worst big-time throws to turnover-worthy plays in the intermediate passing game in the entire country. And that's all Michigan really allows you to do. I'm just putting my faith that Saban, he knows his quarterback sucks. And just like the Georgia game, he's not going to ask him to do things that he can't do. What he can do is throw the deep ball. He might be the best in the entire country at it. But Michigan is one of the best defenses in the country at defending explosive pass plays. I like this game to be ugly. And Bama athleticism to eventually wear down and their depth to wear down Michigan. And if McCarthy is hurt, like I believe that he still is, you're going to see people start to report that during warm-ups. And this line will flip to Bama being the favorite by kickoff. So pay attention to that. If I'm wrong, then Bama's probably in trouble in this one. On the Texas-Washington game, look, we saw this matchup last year. Washington won what turned out to be a really entertaining game. Washington's pass attack shredded this shitty Texas secondary. They're going to do the same thing this year. Texas' best part of their defense is their run defense and pass rush. Their run defense is a cause for concern for Washington, but as long as they can keep Texas honest, that's good enough. And Texas' pass rush was great last year. And in that game, uh, Penix dropped back 55 times. He had five pressures and no sacks. Nobody touches this kid. He's too quick with the ball. The scheme is too good. Now, Texas will have a lot of success on offense also. I expect both teams to move the ball from end to end. The winner in this game will be the team that's better in the red zone. The Texas run game is broken without Brooks. So that's bad for red zone offense. And Penix is one of the best quarterbacks in the red zone in the entire country. And Washington has a massive coaching edge in this game. It would not surprise me if three three to five years, whenever fucking Saban decides to retire and return to hell, uh, that it will be <laughs> Washington's coach and not Sark, which I know he and everyone – thinks that it is that will be his successor uh, because the reality is Sark isn't half the coach that fucking Kalen Dober is and all this guy does is win with less talents and against tougher competition that Texas plays on a year-to-year basis now this year obviously outside of Alabama 
Look, Texas was a three-point favorite in this game last year. I think that's where this game probably closes, and I expect it to be a very good game, and Washington to come out on top yet again. Hmm. I don't like that at all, but um, – I know you don't. The uh, – <laughs> The I can't put Green Bay in because they took that game off of my uh, board for obvious reasons. We just, you know, Jaron Hall is starting a quarterback. So, fuck it. We'll just build a two-game. Oh, so Minnesota's going to be like six-point favorite now, right? Who knows? It definitely, <laughs> it definitely won't be that, but uh, I, I can't put them in the parlay. Carolina on the money line parlayed with the New York Giants on the money line, and that two-game money line parlay pays you eight to one. So, lo- love that. All right, so eight to one on Longhorns and fourteen and a half to one on Mines. Those are your two parlays of the week. Okay, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. And before we do, I was trying to. You are uh, on your five contest lines. You are laying about twenty eight points combined on all the picks. So it was. Uh, I was just kind of adding yes! them up. No, it's not quite that much. But uh, your first three were minus seven and a half, minus twelve, minus twelve and a half. I was like, "Good God, what is he going to lay fifty points in five games?" I'm down twenty eight nothing before we ever kick off. I love uh, it. Uh, that's fucking awesome. All right, uh, go to the website. Oh, first of all, episode number one eighty one is in the books. Go to the website, thefootballglorhold.com, and check out those free picks. They can't lose forever. I feel like they're going to start winning this time. <laughs> uh, they're, they're due. They are certainly fucking due. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends, and uh, if you do any of these things, we become partners for life, and Bo Cephas, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People! Stop throwing away your hard on money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up. Tell a friend and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a boogie again. Come on. Ah, damn it, people. Never pay a boogie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby. Come on.